What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Tech Talks. It's been a while, I will say. Uh, I've been kind of off and on the last couple months. We moved to Texas. My hotel opened. I'll kind of get into that here in a little bit. And haven't done an episode in a while, so I've, been, I've done some brainstorming, um, made some new friends who had some ideas here about the direction of the podcast. So decided that that I would take your questions about everything from faith to parenting to are boneless wings just chicken nuggets or are they actually wings? These are the important questions of our time. So a bunch of you submitted a a list of questions and I was going to roll through these one by one just to touch base. We have a lot of new listeners as well. So maybe they don't they don't know anything about the show. They don't know anything about me. Thank you so much for sending these questions in. Some of them, uh, some of them are going to be a little entertaining. Some of them, some of them serious, you know. But really, really looking forward to answering these. Hey, everybody. My name is Matt Tech, and you are listening to Tech Talks, helping you turn adversity into victory. On Tech Talks, we equip ourselves with inspiration and biblical guidance while navigating our career, calling, and daily life. Welcome to the show. Before we get started, if you like the episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a review. As you can see, 100% of our reviews are five stars. Let's roll into these questions. Somebody asked, Matt, what do you wish you had known 10 years ago? And the only thing I could think of was I wish I knew that GameStop stock was going to do what it did because I probably would have put like, you know, 500 bucks in there. And there's so many stories of people turning that around to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is it all about money? But uh, does it go against Dave Ramsey's principles? Yeah. But if I knew about it, right, kind of like Marty McFly had the almanac, if I had future knowledge, if I knew what I knew now 10 years ago, I'm sure I would make a lot of different decisions, but one that just sticks out to me from recent news is I was definitely, definitely put some money in GameStop at just the right time. If you could interview anyone living or dead, who would it be and why? I really had to think about this, but I think that it would be so beautiful and so challenging to get inside the mind and have a conversation with C.S. Lewis. Now he's written a bunch of books. He's written a bunch of papers. He's He's got a lot of things written down that he's spoken about in regards to the Christian faith uh, and Christian lifestyle. But I think to actually sit down one-on-one and ask him questions would just be a highlight of my life. The next question is, what was the happiest moment of your life? Okay, this was tough because I've had a lot of happy moments in my life. I 
I, I cannot, the day that I got saved, right? So the day that I gave my life to Jesus was it, like, it was a happy moment, but I'm sure if you've had kind of a similar story, and if you haven't heard my testimony, I'll go ahead and link that episode here in the show notes. I have a whole episode about how I came to know the Lord and um, got to say, it's not really the happiest of journeys. It's more of a, a painful journey. So while I love the Lord and I'm glad that that uh, that he loves me and, you know, that I get to walk life out with him, I don't think that that was the happiest moment of my life. This is tricky. I'm going to get in trouble with somebody out there. The day I married my wife was pretty awesome. The, the days that my kids were born were also pretty awesome. But there's one particular time that I remember just being completely smitten and overjoyed. And it was actually the day that my daughter was born. So let me let me set the scene for you. This is our first child. So the months and months and months after we found out that we were pregnant, I spent the majority of the time doing what most new fathers-to-be do. I talked to my wife's belly, talked to the baby inside of her belly, you know, put headphones on my wife's stomach and played anything from worship music to one of my favorite bands at the time was Deus Vale, and their albums were just phenomenal. And I remember talking a lot and like speaking affirmations to Ziva and just saying, you know, how wonderful of a girl she was going to be and how she's going to change the world. Well, we go to the hospital. My wife is induced. She's in labor for probably I think 16 hours or so. And it was two days after I had my appendix taken out. So I was, I was kind of on the mend myself. And my wife had a really, really bad delivery. Ziva got stuck on Ashley's pelvic bone and wouldn't come out. So they had to, you know, forceps her out. It was tough. Like it was, it was hard watching my wife basically get manhandled, you know, by, by the team of doctors just to get this baby out. And when, when that happened, my wife bled a lot and she actually passed out the moment Ziva came out. Uh, so they go and put Ziva, you know, under those, you know, under like under the heat lamp and nobody was over there because all hands were on deck for my wife. I was on the other side of the room and I'm just watching my baby flail around. So I hobble myself over there, right? Two days post appendectomy surgery. I hobble myself over there to just a screaming brand new newborn under the heat lights, like just experiencing the world for the first time and probably being freaked out. And I remember leaning in really closely and getting down so she could see my face. And all I said was, hi, Ziva, it's your daddy. And in that moment, she, in an instant, stopped crying. And I swear, asked my wife, that baby did not cry for two years. It was unbelievable. But that moment that she immediately recognized my voice and locked eyes with me, oh, I was, there was something in that moment that was so special that whenever I think about the happiest moment of my life, it was just living that moment with her in her first few minutes of life was just unbelievable. Okay. You guys are going to make me cry. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. A simple question. Where did you grow up? 
I have hung my hat in uh, many a state. A little bit of background on me is is uh, I spent most of my life in Illinois, but I'm not originally from Illinois. I was actually born in Maryland. My parents were stationed in Annapolis at the Navy base. And then in 1989, we moved down to South Carolina where my brother was born. They were stationed at Charleston. And then in 1989, Hurricane Hugo struck the East Coast. And up until that point, Hurricane Hugo was the largest hurricane in recorded history. And it destroyed our house. My parents were restationed. And this time we got to uh, fly across the pond and we got to live in Rota, Spain for about three three and a half years. And then they wanted to retire from the Great Lakes Navy base. So most of my childhood from approximately, call it second grade on, was in a little town in the very northeastern tip of Illinois, two miles off Lake Michigan and you know three miles from Wisconsin called Zion. Some recognizable places up there are either like Waukegan or Gurney, which is where Six Flags Great America is. And I grew up in Zion, Illinois, and lived there from, you know, second grade through graduating high school. And then I just moved to the total opposite end of the state. I moved down to Southern Illinois, where I attended college, and then life happened from there, right? I started going to a church. I got saved. I got married. So I lived in Southern Illinois actually longer than I lived in Northern Illinois. So I guess you can say I'm from Illinois, technically, since I spent most of my life in Illinois. I spent 30, what, 31, 31 years, 30, whatever, 30 years in Illinois, most of it being down in the Southern part. But now I live in uh, Lubbock, Texas, West Texas. We just moved here right before Christmas for an amazing job opportunity, which somebody asked about later on in the questions. If, if people ask me where I grew up, I tell them I grew up in Northern Illinois is really the short answer, but I'm, I'm kind of from all over. What is your earliest memory? Interestingly enough, my earliest memory is Hurricane Hugo in 1989. I don't really remember anything about my life the first three years of it. But I do remember vividly, it's probably because this memory is so ingrained in my mind that it just totally encapsulates every other memory before that that I might have. But Hurricane Hugo, I distinctly remember the sound that trees make when they literally snap in half. And I'm not talking like little, you know, little twig trees out in the front yard. I'm talking fully grown trees that have been there decades, maybe even centuries they literally snap and the sound that it makes is unbelievable. It's like a it's like somebody set off a firecracker right next to your ear. And I remember hearing that sound and I see my dad running down the hallway. Again, I was like 3 years old, 3 and a half. My dad's running down the hallway. He picks me up, he opens the window, and he throws me out the window into the arms of the next door neighbor who I don't know what happened to the front of the house why we couldn't just run out the front, but my dad picked me up and threw me out the window into the arms of our next door neighbor. And the next door neighbor carried me down to the storm shelter. And then I looked back and my brother was in the arms of, I think, maybe his wife. And then my parents were behind them with whatever goods they could grab. And then we were in a storm shelter during a hurricane for a very, very long time. And then when we got out of the storm shelter, our house was basically just a pile of wood and insulation. 
our our truck was somewhere down the street and there was a tree that was now the tree looked like it grew up out of the out of the garage floor it was so wild it was like it was just picked up and dropped into the garage and it looked like it like it looked like it's always been there it was one of the weirdest things ever but that's my earliest memory of life was 1989 hurricane hugo being thrown out the window uh and being caught by the neighbor to go down in the storm shelter did you enjoy school you know i actually really did uh i don't have like one of those school experiences where i was bullied or when i was growing up there were specific uh types of of kids i guess you could say you know there were the jocks there were the nerds there were the goths at the time you know the ones that painted their fingernails black and wore, you know, loose Jinko bullhead jeans. And there was like band nerds. And and I I at heart was a band nerd, but I had friends in every in every category because I also played football and I also loved to play video games. I was, you know, I got I got good grades and I just liked people. So I had a great a great childhood and a great school experience. Very, very fond memories of middle school and high school. And one of my dearest friends in the world, Ashley Royce, uh, I've been friends with her the longest from when we were chasing each other around the playground. And I think it was third grade and just stayed best friends ever since. And it's just to the point now where for, you know, 20 years, we've been introducing each other as brother and sister. And then college, I actually really did enjoy college, even though I dropped out of college after four years. I was going into my fifth year to uh, to student teach and actually finish up my major. Long story about why I didn't. In fact, there's an episode about that called, called Wisdom Versus Knowledge. And you guys can listen to that. I'll throw that in the show notes too. But college was was a, a a great great experience, right? I mean, I did I did all the stupid stuff that young kids do when they get independence and come out from under the thumb of their parents, right? I partied and I did all that stuff, but I made a lot of great friends. I had a lot of amazing experiences. I did actually learn a lot. I was a music education major. I learned a lot. I performed a lot um, as a percussionist. And it was an amazing time. So I actually had a phenomenal overall school experience all the way through. Oh, let's see. Uh, what is your career? We haven't really talked much about like exactly what it is that I do. So I'll give you the title and then I'll kind of explain what that means. So my title is Director of Sales and Marketing for the Embassy Suites by Hilton in Lubbock, Texas. Embassy Suites is a full-service hotel brand um, under the under the brand of Hilton. Um, and if you know anything about the Embassy Suites, they are the all-suite hotel. They're generally big, you know, 150 to 400 room hotels. You know, complimentary made-to-order breakfast. There's usually a pretty sweet restaurant on site. The evening reception is is every single night where you get free drinks and appetizers. This hotel specifically has been here for a very long time. Um, so what is it that I actually do? My job is to bring in top line revenue. So top line revenue means uh, money before you pay out expenses. So top line revenue is my responsibility. And I bring that in through various marketing and sales strategies. It could be our online presence. It's kind of a mixture of everything, right? We call it segmentation. It's a mixture of everything from our online strategy to 
building relationships with local corporate decision makers, uh, government officials. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot more than I thought when I first interviewed for a position like this a little over five years ago. But uh, basically, in a nutshell, my job is to bring the money into the hotel. I make the hotel money is exactly what I do by a variety of of, uh, of methods, which I'm happy to talk about at length uh, later on. I, w- I won't take up that much time on the episode. What does the future hold was a follow-up question. I'm so glad you asked that. Here's where I would like to be. I would actually like to, not that I don't enjoy hanging out with my clients and you know helping them solve problems and helping them make successful plans for the things that they've got going on in our hotel being part of it. But I would actually like to step away from engaging directly with clients and I would really like to actually coach, train, and develop other hotel salespeople. So there's, you know, there's there's opportunities out there. You know, some are referred to as regional directors of sales roles, some of them are referred to area directors of sales, some of them are referred to as task force. It just all depends on the company. But overall, I would like to coach, train, and develop a a group of salespeople across different hotels, maybe in a specific part of the country, maybe all over the country. It would enable me to travel a little bit more, you know, to kind of see see the world more, work remotely as well, so spend a lot more time with family, but also be able to pour into other people what was poured in to me. I had an amazing, I had two specifically amazing people that just poured into me early into my career. Uh, shout out to JJ DeBross and Tommy Yates. Those guys really poured into my career and I'm really here because of the foundation that they laid early into my career. So I'd like that. I'd like to do that for someone else. And because they did that, my career took off and it completely changed my wife and I's lives. Like it gave us so many options. We got out and we got out of debt, mostly out of debt. All we have is student loans, but we're out of consumer debt. And it's just provided an amazing lifestyle for us to be able to bless other people just because those those two people like really poured into the foundation of my career. Starting a podcast was something that I had toyed around with for many years, but didn't feel comfortable with all the various moving parts required behind starting a podcast. And this is actually why we use Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout makes it incredibly easy to start a podcast. They get your show listed on every major podcast platform. You get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how and where people are listening from, and then tools to promote your show. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So if you're looking to start your own podcast, follow the link in the show notes. It lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and then you'll actually get a $20 Amazon gift card if you decide that you want to sign up for a paid plan, and it helps support our show. It's free for 90 days if you want to give it a shot. So join Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Okay, moving on. Uh, Do you have any regrets? Y'all are getting deep now. I don't like to say that I've got regrets because. Now, okay. Okay. If I had the chance to do things over, right, like some 
some quantum opportunity to be able to do things over again. I'm sure that there are things I would do over again, but I really try not to dwell on the past because the present is just so beautiful and the future is brighter. So the past, right, uh, the trials, the tribulations, the the successes, you know, the challenges, those have all uh, built us into what we are today for better or for worse. Either way, you cannot spend any energy going and changing the past. It is literally impossible unless you live in the Marvel Universe, but even still, right? That whole back to the future thing, that's not really how time how time works as Bruce Banner so eloquently told us in Avengers Endgame. But I'm going to say no because I don't I don't think about things that I've done wrong. I just try to move forward and use those things I've done wrong as a lesson to not to not do it again. Who inspires you? This was tough because I couldn't pick just one person. There's a lot of people that inspire me, but overall it's people who inspire me are are those who genuinely genuinely live out their faith. And I'm not talking about, you know, somebody who puts on a facade on social media. Like I'm talking about somebody that legitimately lives the faith that they say they prescribe to. And there's a person that I don't even know personally, but I just, this man has inspired me so much. And he, you know, everybody knows him now, but he was on, he was on America's Got Talent a few years ago. His name is Michael Ketterer. And he, he's a, he's a nurse, but man, the guy can sing. And he's adopted a bunch of children along the way. And him and his wife, Ivy, have told their story about, about why, why they adopted these children. And then there was one particular episode where all these kids at the children's hospital made these videos about how Michael has impacted their lives just in the way that he treats them and the way that he's around them and just his countenance and the way that he's patient with them and he cares for them and honors them. And I remember watching that episode just bawling my eyes out thinking I would love to have such an impact on the world that that's what people say about me. Not for me, right? But for them. Like what part did I play in making somebody else's life better? Not for the applause of myself, but so that they can have a better life. And that's one person that just really stood out to me. If you don't know who he is, Michael Ketterer, he's got a bunch of stuff on iTunes. He used to perform with a group called Influence Music. So jump on whatever your music uh, thing of choice is, right? If you're listening to this on Spotify or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, uh, just search Influence Music. And if I could guide you into the direction of a song, find a song called Spirit Lead Me. The way that he sings that song is just amazing. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Holy cow. I could do a whole episode on this, but I'm, I'm going to keep it really, really, really short. The advice that I would give you is do not be afraid of the words, I don't know. Be okay with saying you don't know something. Listen more than you speak. And then be very consistent and intentional 
about self-improvement. Get better every single day. Like read books about successful salespeople, read books about, you know, the industry that you're in, even read books about people who have just been successful in life. And you'll find principles that you can really apply generally across whatever industry or career that you're in. Do you think college is important? This is tricky. I think education is important. I don't think specifically college is important for everybody. What my time in college has shown me and what it showed me since and looking at the crisis that we're in with student loans and like hardly anybody working in the degree field that they actually obtained, college and universities has turned into a money-making organization. Um, And it's also been kind of hijacked politically as well. You know, that's a conversation for another time. So education, yes, is important. Where you get that education is also important, right? So that's why I would highly recommend like reading those books and listening to the podcast, right? Some of you listening to this, this is part of your education. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak into your life. I appreciate that you've allowed me to do so. And I treat that with honor. I don't, I don't take that for granted. College is important for, for some careers. I, I would really hope that the podiatrist that had to remove a five inch piece of wood out of my foot on New Year's Eve when I first moved to Texas, I'm really glad he went to med school and went to college to learn how to do that. I wouldn't trust my lawyer if they didn't go to college, but college isn't for everybody. So short answer, education is important. College might not be important for everybody. It's definitely not a prerequisite for success. What is your biggest failure and what did you learn? Again, I try not to think of things as as failing, but just learning opportunities. I got the opportunity to play music full-time in Branson. So I left my career at the time to do that. It didn't work out. I retired my wife on that income and... (laughs) You know, we, we got a 40% pay cut like three months in. It was pretty, pretty wild. So I did whatever I had to do to make up that 40% difference in Branson. It's actually how I got into the hotel industry. That's a whole other story too. But I learned that I cannot trust people just because they tell me they love Jesus. I know that sounds harsh, but just because somebody loves Jesus and claims Christianity as their faith does not automatically mean they can be trusted. And I learned that the hard way. I also learned that I should always have a lawyer to read contracts before I sign them. What is your favorite holiday movie? I'm a big fan of the Santa Claus trilogy with Tim Allen. I love that trilogy, the Santa Claus. I'm also a fan of Christmas with the Cranks, which ironically enough also has Tim Allen. I'm just a big Tim Allen fan overall. What is your least favorite job to date? I've had some pretty bad jobs, but it's a toss-up between working the overnight shift at a local gas station <laughs> in college or being a cashier during, you know, daylight hours at Walmart. Uh, I feel like the the people that you see are largely the same the same <laughs> at the daytime at Walmart and at on the overnight shift at a local kind of rundown gas station. I think there's a tie between those two. Those are the two worst jobs I've had. 
What does your morning routine look like? Well, ironically enough, I did an episode on this when I did a book review of The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. So instead of just telling you what my morning routine is, I'm going to put a link to the show notes to that episode because it gets pretty detailed into how changing my morning routine literally changed my entire life. The next question is, if you won $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? You know, like many people, I've long thought about what I would do if I just came into some serious cash like that. Uh, First, I would get on my knees and thank the Lord, automatically tithe, so there's a million off the top. So I'm so I'm left with nine million. First thing I do, pay off my student loans, buy two brand spanking new cars with like zero miles on them, pay off all my parents' debt. I would invest a I would invest a large portion of that for future generations. Right, the Bible said that it's wise to leave an inheritance to your children's children's children. So I think if I were to throw, you know. $5 million in there, strategically place that where it can last for generations upon generations for my family. And then I would honestly take like $2 million and be just ridiculously generous, finding people whose debt I could pay off, buying them cars, buying houses. Like I would do ridiculous things with millions of dollars to go out and make somebody's, some people's lives better. What is a common myth about your job? Okay, this is this is actually a really funny one because some some of you guys listening to this have known me for a long time and still have no idea what it is I do I do for a career. So the common misconception when they hear that I work at a hotel in a leadership level, a common misconception is that I is that I manage the hotel. I don't manage the hotel. I have I really don't have anything to do with the day-to-day operations, right? I don't I don't order linen. I don't schedule housekeepers, right? I don't I don't run the front desk. Like I don't I don't do any of that stuff. All I do is I I have a small sales team and and myself and we go out and we try to find revenue to bring into the hotel. The general manager and specific department heads are generally the ones that deal with the day-to-day operations of stuff. So another misconception is that I jump on the phone and I call around to try to sell rooms for that night. Hey, do you guys need a place to stay? Hey, you guys need a place to stay. That's not how it how it works either. I I'm always looking 60 days to a year out. Today is too late. So my, I'm always working in the future to try to find future guests to come into into the hotel. So I'm not like cold calling out of the phone book to get people to come and stay at a hotel for the night. That's not how it works either. What are three favorite movies you've watched lately? Okay. I'm glad it said lately because I cannot choose three favorite movies of all time, but lately some of the best movies I've watched have been that new movie fatherhood with Kevin Hart. It was super cute. Uh, the movie, uh, on Netflix called yes day Parents, I'm going to recommend that you never watch this with your children because they will ask for a yes day. It's basically a 24-hour period where every request by them, you have to say yes to and do. There's obviously some prerequisite requirements and there's some uh, rules established so nobody gets hurt, nothing's illegal, you know, all that stuff. But So Fatherhood with Kevin Hart, yes day, and then 
Justice League Snyder Cut, the four-hour version of Justice League, I was just fawning over. I've watched it literally three times at this point. What are three favorite books you've read lately? Three favorite books I've read lately have been The Courage to Stand by Dr. Russell Moore, The Third Option by Miles McPherson. We actually did a Books That Change Me episode on this. I'll link that in the show notes too. And The Gospel According to Satan by Jared Wilson. Those are three books that I've read recently that have really impacted me. Guys, thank you for all the questions. This was super fun. I would love to do this again. If you have questions that maybe you didn't get answered on air or that you just thought of as you're listening to this episode, shoot us an email, info at techtalkspodcast.com, or you can message me on Facebook. You can message me on Instagram. I'm I'm at tech.talks on all channels. Uh, just find me, Matt Tech, right? That's spelled T as in Tom, E-C-K. This was super fun. Super fun. We'll see you guys next time. This episode of Tech Talks has ended, but be sure to subscribe for upcoming inspiration. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you transformative content. See you next time.